That's so unusual to die of heart problems so young. Did he have some kind of, of issue? And now it was other um, related issues with it. Uh, I, the father's shaking his head, Mr. Villamedes. This is your son we're talking about? Yes, ma'am. How did he die? She's not telling the actual truth. This is the plaintiff, Nadia Kowakwa. She says her boyfriend unfortunately passed away. And the defendant, her boyfriend's father, and his girlfriend went to his house and took some of his valuable belongings. Her boyfriend wanted their daughter to have his things. The defendants out and out stole them from her. And she's here suing them for the $3,000 she's now owed. These are the defendants, John Villamides and Paula Lamira. John says the plaintiff is book smart, but doesn't have a whole lot of common sense because he's the father here, and he's entitled to his son's stuff for sentimental reasons. Besides, the woman won't even let them see his granddaughter, and that's not right. They're accused of stealing. All parties, please raise your right hand. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Ms. Kwaka, let's start with you. What happened here? Um, my boyfriend passed away. He's the father of my child. He passed away March 17th, 2020. And um, two days How after he, he passed away my, um, from heart problems. How old was he? He was 28. That's so unusual to die of heart problems so young. Did he have some kind of, of issue? And now it was other um, related issues with it. Uh, I, the father's shaking his head, Mr. Villamedes. This is your son we're talking about? Yes, ma'am. How did he die? She's not telling the actual truth. He died of a drug overdose. Okay. And it's in the death certificate. All right. Uh, Ms. Kwakwa, when he died, were you two living together? No, not at that moment. But you share a child together, correct? Yes, we have a one-year-old daughter together. All right. So what happens after he passes away? He passed away, and two days later, my family and I went to um, John and Paula's house just to talk about funeral arrangements and anything that we needed to talk about. And um, John, I saw that John had a lot of, his name is Victor, he had a lot of Victor's belongings. So I asked him, what are you doing with the belongings? He said he was giving away to his family members and other people, and Paula's son has even taken some stuff, and Paula has taken some stuff. So I said, well, what about me and our child, Cecilia? And he gave, they gave us clothing and some, some stuff that Victor and I were saving for our daughter, I also took. So John had um, a laptop, phone, flash drives. And I told him that I would like to keep the laptop and the phone to hold it for our daughter because there's memories in there. Because when we lived together, both and I, him and I both used the laptop and we have pictures and videos and just other personal belongings in there. He said he wanted to keep the laptop to get to know his son because he wanted to, he, his, he also made music. He said he wanted to listen to his music and whatnot. 
So the agreement was that we had a verbal agreement that he would keep the laptop for two weeks and I will come and get it. And when I asked him to even take that laptop, he said, no, he wanted to keep it. So my father, at, my father suggested that he put the whatever he wants, he can put it on a flash drive for him. And John said, no, he wanted to keep the laptop. So I said, okay, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. Two weeks passed and I texted him and I asked him, hey, when, I, when can I get the laptop back? He didn't respond to me. He texted me about other issues concerning Victor's like financial information. I said, I don't have access. Well, I had access to it, but I'm not going into it because he's passed and I have to like get this information to the bank. So um, a week, two weeks passed, a month passed, and it's been almost a year now. And every time he contacts me via Victor's social media, because I have access to his social media, he's very hostile to me. And he's like threatening me. His family's threatening me. They're calling, like they're just calling me out of my name. His sister messaged me one time saying that I'm on Facebook calling his um, John a pedophile and she will come and fight me. John told me that she um that if i have anything to say to him i should come say to his face just unnecessary hostility towards me for no reason were you on facebook calling john a pedophile no i wasn't i don't i don't talk on Vince's facebook i only went there to post his memorial one time okay so what is it you're asking for here today you're suing for the statutory maximum what you want is the laptop, the phone, and apparently some other clothing, but didn't you go there and, and take the portion of the clothing that you wanted already? That was a mediator a month ago, and when the mediator tried to settle on the differences, I told him from the mediator, I don't really care for the clothes. What's really important to me is the laptop and the flash drive, the electronics, and the clothes can go away. And there was also journals that I know Victor had, and I became his um, administrator of his estate, so I told him, like, I would legally... When did legally you become the administrator of the estate? July 22nd. Of, of 2020. Um, of 2020. Of 2020? Yes. Okay, so you folks don't contest that she is, in fact, the administrator of the estate, correct? No, and I'll contest that. My, uh, she asked my ex-wife to give her uh, permission to take over the estate. Okay. All right. Um, let me hear from you, Mr. Villamedes. I, I got the Why call. are you entitled to this stuff as opposed to Ms. Kwakwa and because her child? the time uh, uh, Cecilia becomes a teenager, everything will be obsolete. Well, um, d- when you say, well, it'll be obsolete by the time Cecilia is an adult, I don't think that's the point. The point is that this is stuff that is of value today if it gets sold and that that money should be put away for Cecilia for when she's older and it should be put away by the administration of in probate as opposed to you um, as the dad. Um, and let me hear from you, Ms. Lameda. You are not the mother of Victor, um, but no, ma'am. when I read through all the texts and correspondence, you seem to be the calmest voice. There was a dispute between the deceased and his father before he passed unfortunately, uh, out of parents and child um, arguments, there's, I'm a single mother of a child and I argue with my son constantly, which is normal. Um, Sometime back before his deceased, he must have mentioned to his friends and um, the plaintiff that his father was a pedophile, which is not true, which was a rumor. And 
it all started there. So be the plaintiff and I, we went back and forth on messages and she agreed. She, uh, excuse me, did not agree. She came out and said that she refused to tell me what was said between her and the deceased about Mr. Villanitas. Um, okay. She was accusing him of being a pedophile. Basically, she, in her own little words, told me um, that uh, she refused to ever bring the granddaughter over because of that. Not necessarily said it directly, but the words were meant. I don't understand why, because my niece comes over quite often and we have no issues. He's not what it was being said. There's rumors out there. And why are the basically, rumors there? that's where I don't know where the rumors started, but apparently the deceased had said it. We know he had said it. He had apologized to his father. Um, they had arguments constantly. We've been from the, the time that I knew him until he passed. He was a, a good hearted person. They were bumping heads constantly. And I always the mediator in the middle. And I told him, you know, you both are alike. Both have uh, very strong personalities and you are both need to understand one another. And when Miss uh, the plaintiff and um, the deceased separated, they did live in an apartment. When they separated, he took all his belongings to an ex-girlfriend's house. That's who he was staying with. Right. That's the girl that he wanted to be with. Can I ask you with. this? What do you suppose it was the problem between the plaintiff and Mr. Villamedes before that? Because I see where the texts descend into stuff like that, but uh, do, you, do you perceive that there was some kind of problem between them before that? Like, did they never really like each other? Did they never no. really know each other? What was the deal? Um, she blames Mr. Villamedes' uh, son's death on the father. Basically, she's blaming Why? us for his death. He, Why? Everybody was talking about um, how he was depressed. He apparently, we know he was seeing a psychiatrist. Um, not everybody knows about that. Um, he did die in over, of an overdose. We had spoken to him that I had spoken to him that Sunday. And he, I had invited him to come over to pass by with the baby. And he said that um, Miss, the plaintiff would not allow him to bring the baby around. And he did not want to run into his father at the time. I said, not a problem. I understand. Let me hear from you, Ms. Kwakwa. Did you want to respond to any of the things that were just said? Yes, I'm just baffled about everything that's really being said because they're not true. They're saying that I blamed them for Victor's death. I never, those words never came out of my mouth. We never had as far as conversation about Victor's death. And it's just, it's very astonishing to me that you even say that. And it's very disrespectful. Can I ask you a question? If it's truly about the memories, what difference does it make that it's the, that the computer and the, is it just the money that it would generate? Go ahead. No, the like I, it's a sentimental value for me because we lived together for two and a half years and we both shared the computer and uh, the actual physical computer. Like he decorated it and I wanted to be able to show my daughter 
when she's of age and she's asking about her father. My phone broke, a phone that we shared together. I don't have any pictures or memories of him except for what he has on his social media. I explain this to them that I don't have anything for her father. And when she's older, I would like for her, if she asks, I'm sorry, if she asks, I would like her to know about her dad. The only reason I'm trying to hold on to his stuff is because I am his father. I raised him. His mother didn't raise him. I raised him from eight years old until he was where he is now. So if anybody needs to see who Victor was, Cecilia can come to me and I can tell her. I can show her better than her own mother can tell her who he was, what kind of man he became. A woman can't do that. A man can. A man has to do that. Why? I feel that that's the best way to, to, to explain it to a child that's growing up. Well, this is how your father was. Okay. She can't so tell us certain things that, that I know. Aside from, aside from that being a ridiculous thing to say to a, a judge who's a woman, I want to just think through what you're saying. You had a terrible relationship with your son. I know you were working on it. And the person who we're talking about having it explained to is a child by, and you think that you who can't even see the child now because he, she's not letting you see the child are the perfect person to explain things to Ceci when she grows up as opposed to her own mother? On what planet? But see, that doesn't matter. None of that matters. Because it's not about which of you is closer to Victor. I see in the text back and forth that she says, you're not even on his birth certificate. And then you say back, you weren't his wife. And you, you hurt each other in a way that I can only imagine makes Victor roll in his grave. But somehow, that's okay for the two of you. It's not okay If it me. was really about the memories, this would have been worked out before it came to me. It wasn't. So now I am going to work it out in the way that the law requires, not in the way that you wish the law requires, Mr. Villamedes, or in the way that you feel a parent has a right, because truly next of kin goes down before it goes up. You see? So did he have any other children or no? No. 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 So his next of kin is one and only one person, and that's Ceci. But that is an obligation that the executor of the estate has to respect. She, more importantly than the fact that she's Ceci's mother asking for it for Ceci, because I really don't care, if she wasn't the executor of the estate, if you guys had been the executor of the estate, I'd say, hey, the executor of the estate has to figure it out. And that's how it works. She is the executor of the estate. All right, folks, here's what we're going to do. I honestly don't understand what makes people tick because I have to imagine that seeing your grandchild has become impossible. When was the last time you saw your grandchild? Wow. She was eight April eight of right. 2020. She was about eight months old. So wouldn't it make so much more sense, rather than you missing out on huge chunks of her life, because you would have to get a lawyer, go to court, fight for visitation, be granted it, expose all these rumors or whatever else is going on. Do you, you know, like, wouldn't it make more sense to have calmly cooperated with the mother of the child who has something you need, which is the child? I mean, it just, I don't understand how this played out to 
both of you playing Canis Mas Macho like this. Well, really, you playing Canis Mas Macho, Mr. Villamedes, because, because she actually went to court and got the legal rights. Now, number one, folks, we are going to make arrangements through the People's Court to have the entire contents of the MacBook Pro copied, okay? Because if you truly want to be able, if you truly hope you're gonna have a relationship with your granddaughter one day, and you might have to wait till she's 18, I don't know what's gonna happen, but if you truly wanna have a relationship with your granddaughter and sit down with her and tell her as your son's father, this is what was important, look at this picture and let me tell you stories, then you don't need a physical computer to do that. What you need is an entire copy of everything that's on the physical computer. Because she is the executor of the estate, I'm going to order you to return the phone to her and to return the computer once you have a copy of everything that is on the computer, which we are going to yeah. arrange, okay? Yeah, Anna, can I say something also? Can I ask you something, Ms. Kwakwa? How, how old yeah. are you? I'm 32. Okay. Oh, you look so much younger. All right. I'm going to give you a piece of advice as a mother of three girls and as someone way older and wiser than you, right? Because I've already raised my girls. Just keep in mind that you are the mother and you make the ultimate decisions and you can fight whatever you want to fight or whatever else. My philosophy has always been that it's better to have more people love my child than fewer people love your child. If you think that someone is a danger to your child, I'm sure you will bring that up in court if and when they <coughs> ever go to court to try to be able to see your daughter. Study and listen to your soul really hard and think about what Victor would have wanted and what is best for your daughter. And let me just add to whatever it is that you think is right, that it is always better to have more people love your child than fewer people loving your child. That's my advice to you. I'm ordering the computer after the contents are copied to be returned to the executor. I'm ordering the phone to be given to the executor. So that resolves that. That is my verdict and I wish you all good luck. Okay? Thank you. Thank you. So let's talk to the defendants now and see how they feel about the, what the judge decided. Uh, Mr. Bellamides, Ms. Lameda, how do you feel? You know, it, it is what it is. At the end of the day, I just want to be able to you know, uh, make a life for my granddaughter and, and, you know, let her know how her father was. But, you know, it is what it is, and that's what she wants, and that's what she gets. Who am I to argue? Well, you'll you know? have a copy. You'll have a copy of everything on the on the laptop as the judge has ordered, and uh, so you'll have everything that the plaintiff does. So from that yes. point of view, you, you both should be equal. All right. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Ms. Cockwell, let me ask you how you feel about the outcome of this and the advice the judge gave you about maybe it might be better to have, you know, the, uh, the grandparents involved in your, your daughter's life as well. What do you think? Um, all I really wanted was the items returned. And I appreciate her advice, and I totally agree 100% that it is better. But he, John knows the type of person he is, and it would just have to be handled if he decides to take me to court. <laughs> but he's not, a, he's not a person that I want around my child at all. Okay. Well, that's your decision. You're the mother. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. This is a very interesting, involved case, no doubt about it. Harvey's a lawyer. What do you think about it, Harvey? You know, Doug, I want to just talk about this for a second. When people die... There is often a lot of anger 
that just bubbles to the surface. And it may not even be that it was anger that was building up against the person you're mad at. It's just that's what happens when somebody dies. It, it really creates lots of emotion. And it's something you need to think about, that when you have a situation like this, try to get along and understand everybody's grieving at the same time. That may help avoid court. Do you exercise regularly, daily? What's your routine? Yes. <laughs> I uh, consider that a very important part of my day because it gives me energy, because uh, it keeps me limber. Does it help uh, you sleep at it night? It helps me. Well, I never sleep at night, but it <laughs> helps. But it's supposed to help me sleep at night because I eat like, uh, you know, a sailor and uh, on shore leave, and right. I just... Um, you know, so I've got to do something to balance it out. But also, it's just good for the soul. Right. You know, it gets uh, your endorphins going there. Uh -huh. And it, it just, um, and especially in Florida, where we're very blessed with good weather, it, it, no matter how bad my day is, if I can spend 45 minutes walking outside, I just have a better attitude. And I've tried to instill that. We have tried to instill that in our kids. Um, and we shoot for every day. We don't yeah. necessarily make it, but we shoot for every day. Right. Our kids, not so much, but... Um, you do work out with a trainer. I do. I do weights because I, I think that's important as you right. age. It's important to do weights. I started using your trainer only um, recently because, honestly, I watched your workouts and I was, like, terrified of them because they looked really, really hard. I did and a four-minute plank. <laughs> yes, it, yes, you did. And it turns out they really are hard. Yeah. So uh, I've done that a few times. I do try to lift weights a couple times a week, two or three times a week, and I walk with you. And then uh, a COVID thing I did introduce is push-ups. I started doing push-ups because I didn't have any equipment really that I could access. You couldn't really go to the gym, especially in the early days of this. And even now, a lot of people are not doing that. But um, I added 150 push-ups a day. That's so, good. Yeah, I know. I've watched you sets, build so. up and build up and yeah. build up. I mean, but, you just got to keep moving. The body, if you use the, it or lose it. Exactly. They say the body is the temple of the soul, right? You can't just treat it like it's a pool hall all the time. Right? <laughs> but sometimes might be fun. <laughs>
Okay, Ms. Hawaiik, um, you are doing business as Abella New. What kind of business was that? A skincare. What kind of skincare? Like anything in particular? Facials, lash extensions, eyebrow shaping, waxing, that sort of thing. All right. What happened to your business when COVID hit? Uh, we were forced to shut down. Uh, I moved this business from San Francisco to uh, Pacific Grove a year before COVID hit. And so I was uh, in business for just over a year. COVID hit March 10th. I was forced to close. I paid March's rent. I contacted at that time my landlord, Crystal, um, and she said, don't go ahead. Don't, I mean, don't pay rent until we figure this whole thing out. Uh, by June, we still hadn't opened. Um, so I asked her if I could get out of the three-year lease, <clears throat> which she allowed me to do that. I went ahead and paid her for the back rent that I had owed her. Um, and at that time, um, we made a new um, uh, agreement where I would pay her the back rent. Month to month. And, and it, yeah, we would go month to month after that. Um, June, right. came, June came and left. July came. By the end of July, I said, "Hey, nothing's going to be open. I'm going to get. Uh, I'm giving you Were my Were you last able to open at all between March and July? In July, I was able to open for about a week. After I was able to open up, I was shut down again. And at that point was when I said, uh, "Crystal, this, you know, it doesn't look like it's going to end. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give you my last month rent. <clears throat> I mean, my my last month notice." At which point she said, in August, I'll go ahead and give you August for free and see what we can do after that. I said, that's great. I was really appreciative. And at that point, uh, August came, still no end of sight. I said, hey, you know, uh, so it was August, September. I said, do, I, I'm going to need to leave. And she said, no, go ahead. And what uh, I'll propose to you is I, uh, she does um, acupuncture. So she proposed that I do a cupping class, <clears throat> which I did. It was in San Jose. And what I would do is, in lieu of paying rent, I would take care of 10 of her clients. And, uh, and then any, anything after that, any like 11, 12 client, I would keep that money. <clears throat> but the first 10 would take care of the rent. So Crystal said she'd give you August free. And what happened with September and October? So September, I went to the class. Uh, September, uh, she didn't have any clients. So she said, you know, I kept asking her, hey, you know, what clients am I going to get? She goes, uh, I'll let you know as soon as I, I know. I said, okay. Um, October came, and I, again, I approached her and said, hey, uh, how, when are we going to start this, and how do you want me to proceed? Um, she sent me a, um, a notice, say, like a, she wanted me to sign a new lease, uh, which I was confused about. So I, I sent her, a she goes, she texts me with a lease and saying, hey, Rose, can you please sign this? So I texted her right back and I said, I'm kind of confused about this because you stated that we had a deal where I would do the 10 clients and in lieu of rent. She goes, oh, yes, that's right. And that was it. Wasn't the document that she sent you the uh, uh, something called an estoppel? She gave it looked like to me, it looked like a new lease to sign. OK. And, and whatever it was, did you her. sign it or you didn't sign it? I did not sign it. OK. Mr. Sean and Mr. Kevin, you folks buy this place um, November 19th and close on what day? November 19th. All right. And what was your understanding of the rent situation with this particular? Was this the only tenant or were there other tenants? Oh, there's several tenants. I think there's eight. eight yeah, tenants. there's others. Seven, okay. eight tenants. Uh, what we get from the seller is an estoppel 
certificate, which explains what rent is owed and what is uh, the rent and what is the deposit. It's a breakdown of everything. So for okay, so those, here's what you got from the prior landlord, the person you bought it from, and it says paid through July, and then it okay. says tenant gave me a 30 day notice. I provided some free rent, and tenant has decided to stay and negotiate with the new owner. Is that correct? That was correct. Okay. That was the main for so, the conversation they had. Okay, Yana, go ahead. No, you go ahead, Mr. Ke- is it, are you Kevin or Sean? I take it you're Kevin. Kevin. That was meant for an exchange between Rose and the Crystal back on July the 15th, where that uh, she gave uh, Crystal a 30-day notice to move out. Crystal offered her free rent for the month of August. And that was meant for August only. And uh, starting says September... Who? That's what, exactly what I've got to decide. Um, mm-hmm. it, says, it says that this was given to you in November, just before closing. And in November, right. she's saying... I provided some free rent. Ms. Hawaii's position is I don't have to pay September and October because that was part of a deal I had with her. And your position on this is what? Why does she have to pay September and October? When you say free rent, that means you give somebody something without any return, without any reciprocation. So that was the case for the month of August. Crystal offered Rose free rent. Rose didn't have to do anything in return for that free rent. That's free. Right. When it starting September, right. there was an agreement verbally between them, not in writing. And uh, on one, Crystal will give the rent in consideration for Rose performing the so-called cupping service. And opening. Right. That's, so, that's more like a trade of bothering not a free rent yeah. because she she will do something. No, I agree. That's a barter. I agree. I agree. I agree with you 100%. So why is it? Let's let's hold on one second. Miss Hawaii, why is it that you didn't do the cupping? Uh, Crystal never sent me the patients. I was ready and I actually... Okay, so if Crystal doesn't give her clients and that's the reason why she doesn't do the cupping, then why doesn't she get the benefit anyway when she was ready willing and able to perform and she did not breach do you have any evidence that she breached in other words that crystal said you've got to come i have 10 clients you've got to come and then uh ms hawaii says yeah i don't feel like it today or anything like that no let me um i want to see crystal's texts Hi, Crystal. This is in July. After five months of being closed, I can't justify to keep paying rent without income. So unfortunately, this will be my last month. And then Rose asks her, what works better for you, for me to be out at the end of this month or mid-August? Crystal responds, you are a nice person and a great tenant. I want to try my best to help you through this difficult time. How about let's continue giving it a try till the end of August? Free rent. Um, In August 20th, Rose texts, Crystal, I'll be out of town. Would you like me to remove my things? I mean, Rose must have given 30 days notice 400 times this way. Now, you made a decision to go ahead and leave the stuff there and wait and talk to the new owners. You try to contact them, and you, or they contact you, and you say what to them? On November 24th, I get a call, a message from Sean saying that he's a new owner. I contact uh, Crystal asking her, hey, is this, is this true? And she says, yes, good luck. Great. So at that point, that's when I spoke to Sean and said, hey, you know, this is what uh, Crystal has been doing for me. Can you do the same? I'm not sure how that's going to work out because you guys don't. And he said, no, well, this is what we can do for you. 
And at that point I said, well, I'll be uh, out. I sent him a text basically saying I'll be out, which was six days. I basically had six days to move out because November 24th was when I found out that he's a new owner. I moved out November 30th. Their, so, their, beef, my, their beef, we've talked about, stop. We've talked about September and October. Their beef now, let's see, is November 1st through November 18th because Crystal, for some reason, paid you partial rent of November, didn't she? No, what happened was uh, since we closed the escrow during the middle of the month, so the title does the prorating of the rent. And uh, so automatically it's assumed that uh, the rent should be owed to us from the 19th, the closing day, to the end of uh, November. So that's why we already received a rental credit by way of escrow prorating from Crystal. Therefore, in good conscience, we cannot double dip on rolls. Therefore, we no longer claim that portion of the rent from Rose. But the, since Rose didn't pay the months of rent for November, she still owed nonetheless. So from you're the suing for I got 18th. it. So you're suing for the portion of the rent. Basically you're suing for September, October, and the part of November that would mm -hmm. have been owed to Crystal and wasn't paid because you have the right Correct. to do that as the new owners. Right. Okay. So that's yes. one part of your lawsuit. And the other part of your lawsuit is rent from December 1st to December 23rd, because according to you, she didn't give you adequate notice because she didn't give you 30 days notice. Would that be accurate? Correct. So I don't believe she owes you September. I don't believe she owes you October. I don't believe she owes you part of November because I don't believe that Crystal was planning on collecting any of that from her. Crystal and she had a deal and I guess Crystal just let it slide. But unless you have a tenant estoppel letter that says that you are entitled to rent for all those months, she's got tons of texts from Crystal that make it sound like you're not. So now let's talk about the notice requirement. And in the notice requirement, you're saying, well, she waited until November 24th and only gave us six days notice. How on God's green acres was she going to give you prior notice of that when you didn't even own it until November 19th? So did she give Crystal notice? Why are they not correct that if you take your chances with the new landlord, that you might owe the new landlord a month's rent, um, that you're risking that? Why are they not correct on that? She told me uh, in October that there might be a possibility that the building might be sold. November 1st, I said, I can, uh, this would be my last month if they're, if they're in fact buying. Show me that. Show building. me that text. Show me that text. Uh, that, Show me that text. That actually, that actually was verbally, but in, on, yeah, on the third, that was actually when, when I was with her. And, okay, uh, and that's well, why I kept. Well, that's great. But you have, but you have zero proof of that. How much was the rent, because by the way? $768 and some change. You cannot prove to me you gave, by the way, your notice is supposed to be, you know, I mean, according to your month-to-month -month lease, it's supposed to be in writing. But you have absolutely no evidence I, that you gave with all notice respect, on Honor. November 1st. Therefore, so, Honor, on your I, lawsuit I, against I, them I, I, for the $800... No, you're done. You're done. No. On your lawsuit against them for the $800 that you have, um, according to the law in your state, you have tripled because of the fact that, according to you, it's in bad faith. First of all, I don't find that it's in bad faith. I find that it's debatable. I'm finding against you, um, Mr. Sean and Mr. Kevin, on the rent, but I don't find that it was bad faith. I find that you take your chances when you wait to negotiate with a new landlord and you're subject to the same month-to-month -month rules that everyone else 
every other mere mortal is subject to, which is a 30-day notice. And that means that you are entitled to, of the $800 security deposit, $31.94 back because you do have to pay the one month's rent. As for September, October, and uh, partial November, I am ruling in favor of the plaintiff. That takes care of both the complaint and the counterclaim. Good luck, folks. Thank you, Your Honor. Sean and Kevin, let me ask you how you feel about the outcome of the case. <laughs> you lost your suit against her. What do you think about the other suit? Well, I just think it opens the Pandora's box for any tenant that, um, with a new owner to say, I had some type of verbal agreement that I don't, with, a, with an owner and I don't owe any rent. Anyway, that's the judge's decision. She thought about it carefully and sorry for you. You lost. All right, Ms. Hawaii, how do you feel about the outcome of the case? I know you thought you were going to get a lot more money, but uh, didn't happen. Well, I actually just wanted the $800 back. Um, I, I didn't get to say what happened after the, the, the 24th of November between Sean and I. Um, I, there, I mean, he, he I, that's all I have to say. Good enough. Okay. Well, listen, thank you very much, and congratulations. Harvey, this was kind of highly technical. What do you think about it? Okay, Doug, look, there have been cities and states around the country that have given tenants a pass, especially when it involves businesses uh, during COVID where they would freeze rent. There are other cities and states that have not done it. This is very complicated. You need to know what the ground rules are in your jurisdiction. You should go online, type in the name of your city, COVID, rent, and forgiveness, and see what you find. But it varies wildly from state to state. And it may be that the same situation in two different states would be handled very differently. Marilyn, what's your guilty pleasure? Sausage egg McMuffin from McDonald's. Well, that didn't take you long. To no, it didn't. <laughs> yeah, those are pretty good. And you kind of don't want everybody to see And a Krispy Kreme donut. Delicious. <laughs> right. We'll chase it with a Krispy Kreme donut. Now right. <laughs> what's yours? I have this one thing I, I crave and I can't get enough of, and I get it every year because either you ah, or one of my kids buys me a, a pint of it or something, and that's uh, cotton candy ice cream. Which okay. brand is it? It's from Cold, Cold Stone, Stone Creamer. Creamer. And yeah. I don't know what's in it. There's like methadone in blue. it. Blue. Some kind of chemical <laughs> in it. It's just I can't resist. It's just vanilla with blue. I'm sure it's made by a chemist, <laughs> by some guy in a lab coat or something, you know, who put it together, but it's so good. And that I can't resist it, and I don't want anybody to see me eating it. <laughs> you actually, you but eat the entire thing on your own each I do. birthday. I that do. The kids and then the sugar rush, I run all around the house. Like yeah, you're bumping into cut to, to coffee right. tables and stuff. Yeah, so that gets me every time. But 